Hey there, I'm Judy Kroon, Canada's keynote humorist. Welcome to another episode of Laugh Long and Prosper. Shelf help with a dash of humor. Voted one of the best podcasts in Canada last year by CTV. Today's podcast is sponsored by Truel Social. Truel Social knows to be visible online. You have to be fully committed in who you are and what you do. You must adopt the right mindset. Steer your ship to the SS optimization and Truel Social to get your sales on course. Check out truelsocial.com. I'll include the link. Today, it's Monday. That means it's time for just another Mindful Monday. Today's guest is Carolyn Bennett. Carolyn Bennett is a writer and comedian. Selected TV credits include This Hour Has 22 Minutes, CBC Comics, and the NHL Awards. Produced CBC radio plays. She has produced stage plays. She's got a play called Cancel Culture. That's going to be happening uh, with New Ideas, the New Ideas Festival in Toronto at the Alumni Theatre. And that's happening, uh, that is happening June 8th to the 12th. I'm going to give you all the details uh, at the end of this podcast. Uh, she won the 2013 TIFF Studio Screenwriting Intensive Jury Prize and was a member of the 2017 Thousand Islands Playwrights Unit where her play The Monarchist received a public workshop. Bennett's 2019 debut novel Please Stand By was published by Vancouver's Now or Never. She is currently working on a collection of short stories and was mentored by writer Katie Miller. Her story, Be My Zero Sum, was recently published in the Quarantine Review. And another story, Moral Support Desk, is upcoming in Canadian Notes and Queries. She freelances for the Toronto Star, writes great articles for the T Toronto Star. You got to check them out. She uh, also freelances for Canadian Immigration, among others. She has uh, had a brief stint as a government writer and speech writer, for which she will receive a small pension, <laughs> when, <laughs> which she finds amazing. Carolyn, amazing. welcome to the show. I find it amazing. I was just listening to my credits thinking, hey, I've done stuff in my life. <laughs> you know when somebody asks you for a bio and you're, you're just racking your brain, okay, what should I throw in there? I, I don't know, there's so much. And then, <laughs> hey, hey, I've actually done some stuff. But you, you know, notice the bios are always good. I don't mention all the crappy stuff I've done in my life. <laughs> that would be another great bio. That would be, you know what? That's a great idea. The next time I will get <laughs> guests to send me the good bio and the publishable bio and yeah. the not so publishable bio. <laughs> hey, you have been uh, such an, not only are you a terrific friend that I'm so glad that I have this podcast to uh, reconnect, but you, I have, been, I have been always impressed with your writing. Um, I've always been impressed with uh, something that you did here in the city of Toronto. I think you said it's been 10 years now, which I can't believe. But you um, have uh, you started a comedy night uh, at a little restaurant on the Danforth, Danforth and Woodbine called Harut. And uh, tell us sort of how that started. Um, and, um, you know, and then I'll, I'll share with you some of my uh, my memories from that, because uh, I, I think it's done so well in the city. But as a comedian, you you did the ultimate. You gave back to the community and so many comics by starting this. What is it? One night a month at Haroots? Yeah, yeah it's done so month. well. So can yeah. you talk about Haroots? 
Sure. Thank you. Thank you for that kind introduction. <laughs> As I used to write for the Premier of Ontario, ad nauseum <laughs> in speech writing uh, days. Yes, thank you for that kind introduction. Harut, so the story back in 2012, I was crying over my mutual funds one day at Scotiabank. <laughs> my financial advisor, Tabebi Waldmichael, was sitting back playing air guitar. I was furious. I said, Tabebi, what are you so happy about? <laughs> and he said, I've just opened up uh, my own little restaurant in the east end of Toronto. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, we serve Ethiopian food and my friends drop by, play a little guitar and we have a stage. Well, the minute he said stage, I jumped all over that. Tabebi, have you ever thought about doing stand-up comedy at your Ethiopian restaurant? He said, well, no. <laughs> like, why not? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's give it a shot. So I dropped by with uh, Kevin McDonald, uh, the other Kevin McDonald, mm -hmm. and Winston Spear and Scott McRickard. Uh, we went in, took a look around. So uh, Harut is a, uh, maybe it doesn't see maybe 50 comfortably standing, it's probably like 70 or so. And it's their family restaurant, so they live upstairs. Tabebi was so smart. He was smart for himself as a financial advisor. For me, I don't know. Anyway, he bought the building. <laughs> he bought the building uh, right on the Danforth, right around uh, Woodbine and Danforth. So they live upstairs and they have the restaurant downstairs. Walked in, just loved the vibe. You know, if you if you like, um, you know, the African countries, so, like so many of them, like, just so lovely and welcoming and such a beautiful culture and walk in there and just soak it in and think, yeah, like, let's give this a try. It's unusual. At first, I thought, is Tibebi Muslim? Because I thought, okay, look, guys, there's going to be no drinking at this show because you know, as as, uh, as white males who like to imbibe, yeah. I was horrified. I thought, okay, we got to make this work. You know, we got to, you know, be me mesh the culture somehow. <laughs> of course, Tabebi said, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Muslim. I'm, you know, an Orthodox Christian or whatever, but I'm okay with booze. That was the main part. <laughs> so, um, so, so out rolled the, uh, the, the liquor. So we, so we all, you know, like at a comedy show, you know, come in and people sit down, they have their drinks. But what's great about Harut is it's a restaurant. Mm. So there's food and there's mm -hmm. good food involved. So it really is a, is dinner and a show. It's not just some one-nighter, some free-for-all where, you know, everyone's getting hammered and, and not listening to you. This is, let's sit down, have a civilized dinner, and watch a show. So we gave it a shot, and uh, I got the ball rolling as far as PR. I contacted the newspapers, and, and I just thought, as a writer, you know, I'm always looking at the, uh, you know, an angle on a story, and I thought, yeah, this is a good story for the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So contacted the local uh, papers and everything, and people, they started to promote it. And then the, it just caught on because, you know, Judy, you know, Judy and I are, are friends from way back, but I would, I kind of insisted on a certain standard there. It wasn't mm -hmm. an open mic night. It yeah. was invitation only mm -hmm. and acts that I respect and Kevin McDonald respects. Mm -hmm. So, um, so at first, you know, it, yeah, we, we more or less had our friends and, uh, you know, doing sets and everything. Mm -hmm. And then it, just over the years, it, it evolved. 
And it evolved, not just because of the quality of the comics on the show, but because of Tebebi and Harut. Now, mm -hmm. Harut is his wife, who does the cooking in the back. Which I didn't know. I didn't know yeah. that's where the name Harut came from. I've just yeah. met Tebebi, but I haven't met his wife. Okay. No, because he's in the kitchen, and I and I rag on him. I said, get her out here. Harut, come out here. <laughs> take, take a bow. Your food is so good. You know, like... Mm -hmm. And, and then and Tebebi would be funny because he'd, he'd come back, uh, you know, he'd come from work in his suit and tie from Scotiabank and then <laughs> rush and start serving people at his <laughs> restaurant. And I thought, oh, this guy's so busy, you know. So mm -hmm. um, it, it's all, it, we've just celebrated 10 years. And like I said, I think, I think a large part of it, huge part of it is because of their warmth and their generosity mm -hmm. and their friends they're, they're uh, you know, Ethiopian friends, mm -hmm. you know, Canadian Ethiopian friends who come to the show and support it, not necessarily understanding everything, yeah. but just supporting it. And to Bebe, he'd never seen stand-up comedy before or Harut, like Canadian mm -hmm. stand-up comedy, they didn't know. Right. But now to Bebe, when, when I, like towards the end, when, uh, when I go into the bank, right before he retired, you know, nominally go in to talk about uh, my finances, right? <laughs> Get that out of the way five minutes from nothing. And then you say, okay, okay, who's on the show this week? So we just, okay, what comics are in town? And yeah, so he, he's, he's so into it now. And he, you know, he's got his favorites. And um, yeah, so it's just been a wonderful thing. I, I did a profile of them for Canadian Immigrant Magazine that was in uh, April 2020 fantastic yeah and uh yeah just it, it's been great for the neighborhood because you know in toronto you've got the uh the old white people mm -hmm. and then you've got you've got the new people coming in mm -hmm. and uh we come together you know like like it's it's kind of like passing i say to baby i'm saying oh, passing the torch to you because you know immigration is our future it, it's it's the future of this country and and we've got to we've got to be extremely well welcoming and learn from each other and celebrate each other's uh cultures and diversity that's the only way we're going to survive as a country in my opinion well you know what saving this country one joke at a time yeah. like honestly that uh that room her root is such uh has such a positive vibe has yep. such a high quality show and again it started because you and kevin said look we want to to vet the comics the people that we respect people that we know are going to go up there and do a good job people that we like our friends and um you know do me a favor can you uh what's the website that people can go to if they want to book a night with uh, at, at oh. roots yeah, it's Harut, H-I-R-U-T dot C-A. So again, folks, I don't think I have to convince you after you've heard us talking about, so glowingly talking about Harut. You're looking for a comedy evening. Check it out, Harut dot C-A, and book early and avoid disappointment. It's a small, intimate, fun room on the Danforth and Woodbine and uh you just need to get there sooner than later all right so carolyn um the second thing i'd like to talk about you wrote a book a fictitious book called please stand by um just to give uh, uh listeners a bit of a thumbnail I, I you know you've been very open about talking about depression 
um, about your depression and how comedy has been a, um, and I've, you know, this comes up many times that I'm speaking to comedians who are dealing with mental health, are uh, dealing with all sorts of issues for that matter, but comedy seems to be that touchstone for them. That when things start to go dark, it's, um, you know, it is that, it is that touchstone. So, you know, not only are you a comedic writer, you're also, a, you know, uh, you're also a, a serious writer, but tell us about Please Stand By. I know uh, you've got the blurb there. Can you do me a favor? Uh, this is such an important book, folks. Um, can you just, it's, it's fictitious, but can you read the blurb there and the, the review that you got? Sure. So uh, Please Stand By is a de my debut novel. It was uh, published in 2019. And uh, I wrote it I wrote it as I was um, in early recovery from uh, drugs and alcohol um, addiction. And uh, it, it's fiction. It is fiction. Um, Semi-autobiographical, as many uh, first novels are. But here's the blurb on the back. Praying on loving parents is second nature to Suzanne Foley. So is drinking to oblivion while shilling for the publicly supported Alberta broadcasting system, ABS. When new management from Toronto threatens to gut the station, Suzanne rallies reluctant co-workers to fight back. Sex with a younger man, intrusive memories, and regular trips to the prescription counter aside, she pins all her hope on Ab surviving another day because, as she tells Leslie, it's all I have. Set in the throes of a bone-chilling Edmonton winter, please stand by, lays to waste, CanCon, the East-West Divide, and secrets that can kill. Funny, wild, and brave, please stand by is a fast and furious read for mind and heart. And uh, I was lucky enough to have George F. Walker, playwright, uh, give me a little um, endorsement here. He writes, mm -hmm. smart, funny, honest. Carolyn Bennett is one to watch and read. That was nice. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Now, uh, if people want to get the book, where would they uh, where would they go to get it? I'm going to I'm definitely going to get a copy as well for a couple of my friends. So please uh, tell us how the, we can get the book right now. Probably Amazon. Okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, Indigo, like all the all the major uh, book chains carried it or, or still carry it. So if you were to just go into any bookstore and ask for it, they'd get it for you. Good job, my friend. Uh, you know, I, I so look forward to uh, to sharing that book, and I hope many people listening, you know, grab a copy. But I can so hear you in the character, like all those things that your main character has to deal with. <laughs> yes, <laughs> sure, it is it's fiction, fictitious. Folks, but but it, yeah, no, it's it is it is fiction. The situations are fictitious, um, <laughs> but the the emotion. And the point of view is is pretty similar to uh, <laughs> this person speaking to you now. It's very short. It's a it's a, only 162 pages, and I wrote it um, as part of being in the Humber School for Writers. I, I got a scholarship to go there, and it was um, it was not the assignment, but it was the manuscript I was working on. And the story about this was. This is more or less maybe a second draft. 
I, I, I had a few mentors working with me and then it sat fallow for years and years and years. Um, I, I sent it out to a couple of publishers. I really wasn't very ambitious with it because I just thought, you know, it's the first serious work I've ever written. Maybe mm-hmm. it's, it's going to sit in the uh, drawers for the rest of its existence. I never really thought much of it. I knew I, I, it's, it's, it's very amusing. It's hard hitting. It's satirical. Um, it, it's pretty wild ride. There has been there have been some reviews. If you go to Goodreads, mm-hmm. people have reviewed it. And uh, Mi- uh, the Miramichi Review, that is um, a literary uh, website, they um, they reviewed it. Uh, the reviews have been positive, much to my relief. Um, <laughs> <laughs> much to my relief. No one gave you a thumbs down. <laughs> uh, no, I think the lowest I got was three stars, which is not bad. You know? Out of five, um, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's not bad. Um, it, it, it may not, it's, it's strong stuff, you know, because the character does um, flash back to childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one area of the book that any criticism that has been leveled on the book is mm. that kind of just, you drop that thread. Mm-hmm. And what you were saying earlier about comics and depression, yeah, it's our mode, it's, it's our MO, it's mm-hmm. where we go. That mm-hmm. When we get uncomfortable, we start to joke around. Yeah. So in this book, when when the character is is kind of flashing back to some uh, pretty horrible stuff in the childhood, out comes the humor, you know, out, out comes that 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 buffer to, yeah. to keep that character somewhat sane. And I think that's what comedians do. Um, it, it's it's a relief a release valve for us. It's also right. medicine for us. Mm-hmm. It's the hugest coping mechanism we have. And that's, I encourage people to, to, to use comedy in their lives, to use humor in their lives to a certain point. And then mm-hmm. you have to do the work. Then you have to get past it because if, if well, in my case, I'll talk about me. Mm-hmm. If I didn't get past and break through that, that, that you know that wall of humor and get to what was really uh at the core of my addiction and and my reluctance to be a part of life and, and being very antisocial i don't know where i'd be if i if i wasn't able to crack through that armor of humor but in day-to-day life and to cope with existence absolutely that is my default because it's a gift, right? It's 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 it who is. we are. It's a total gift, and I uh, I feel sorry for people who can't access that playfulness in their lives. I agree. I so agree. Gotta, so we have to encourage that as comedians, and mm-hmm. and and when I see people, you know, doing the dark humor, which I I revel in it, right? Right. <laughs> it's a way to cope with like really horrible stuff. Um, but as as experienced comedians, you and I and, and others, um, we can also see when it's just a, a, a shield for you know some serious trauma. Um, but I'm not a psychologist, mm-hmm. and it's funny. I'm, I'm offering this uh, memoir writing class now. Yes, uh, let's talk about that as well. Tell okay. us about the memoir writing class. Memoir. So um, I have a, a friend and colleague. Uh, her name is Ellen Morehouse. Mm-hmm. She runs Back Lane Studios in Toronto. Okay. And 
she um, sort of focuses on, on telling neighborhood stories and it, it's also focused on uh, older adults. So, um, so, so called seniors, you know, 55 mm -hmm. plus. Yeah. And she recently got a grant from uh, federal government, uh, um, New Horizons for Seniors, which is a wonderful program to to start um, mapping uh, mapping our memories project, which is telling senior stories about Toronto, about their memories. Love it. Before these memories are gone and nobody knows the history of Toronto. Right. And anyway, so she asked me, she said, would you lead one of these workshops? I mm -hmm. said, sure, you know, I've, I've never done memoir writing, um, but yeah, I could do that. So it, so we're doing this online, a group of very accomplished women um, who are in retirement or various stages of, uh, you know, semi-retirement. So you have educators, you have lawyers, um, uh, people who are very uh, keen to, to work on their memoirs. And mm -hmm. what I've done is I've gone kind of beyond just the basic historic, let's get the facts down about time and place in Toronto. And I've given them kind of free reign to explore their unique stories and their unique points of view when it comes to larger things like, you know, spirituality or, um, you know, I, I said one exercise with try writing in the third person, see if that appeals to you. Mm. And so loosening things up a bit. And it's been it's been extremely rewarding. Uh, these women, I'm, I am pushing them, you know, I give them assignments every week. It's uh, it's not as I don't know. Maybe they thought it would be easier, but I I don't know. I'm pretty focused, and uh, but they have produced some stunning work, like to the point where I'm just blown away. Like a lot of the class, I just kind of sit back and let people discuss, and I'm there to facilitate and to encourage, and to push even, you know, like like to get some sure honesty and some good work out of them. Um, but they've just produced uh, work that has just like floored me. So I think I'm going to be offering it again. And um, and it's all online, correct? Well, well this is online. Yeah, initially, okay. yeah, it's all online for now. So Backlane Studios, if anyone's interested. I'll include the link, backlanestudios.ca. Yeah, yeah. I'll make sure yeah. to include the link. I think that's yeah. great. Like, you know, it's kind of like when you were reading your bio off the top, when I was reading your bio off the top, just to uh, give some background, um, you know, you jokingly said, but it's true. You said, oh, wow, I just, I, I kind of forgot everything that I've done, but you've done a tremendous amount. I'm sure once these women sit down and start writing their memoirs, they kind of look back and go, wow, I, I can't. And that's a good pat on the shoulder, especially for women. I think that we yeah. just don't take enough credit for the stuff that we've done. Those, you know, those stepping stones that we've left behind us so that the next generation can walk on. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And just the uh, the point of view and the perspective and the stories, you know, um, the, and the time and place too. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of the writers, um, are very focused on the 60s and they really encapsulate that era very well. And, oh, cool. I was a child. I don't know about you, Judy, but oh, I was yeah. a child during the 60s, little kid, and I don't <laughs> remember what they remember, but it's cool, you know, that they, they, they've got these teenage memories of the 60s that, yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful to be able to access those memories too. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just been wonderful. Yeah. 
Um, again, it's backlanestudios.ca as the website if you're uh, you're interested. I'm also going to include Carolyn's link if you want more information. Memoirs, fantastic, fantastic idea. Another example how we use creativity to uh, you know to to heal. We use creativity to to grow. We use creativity as something to hold on to when everything else feels like it's falling apart, which brings me to my next uh, my next question for you, Carolyn. Um, now, for uh, people who who don't know, Carolyn was uh, living in Toronto forever. And while she was living in Toronto, before she moved to Brockville, uh, she was um, uh, living in High Park, and this is where you dealt with the pandemic. So tell me how you used creativity. Just general, tell me how you got through COVID and uh, how COVID was, uh, uh, how comedy <laughs> was a lifeline for you. So here's the thing, and this is, I'm speaking from a certain amount of privilege. Mm. I love the pandemic. I love, <laughs> locked, I love stage one. I love being <laughs> locked down. I love the planes being grounded. I loved no traffic. I loved everything just coming to a standstill. Mm. It felt so immediate, so mm -hmm. raw, so in the here and now, and that's how we had to live. And walking the streets of high park empty seeing mm -hmm. foxes seeing the animals come out and kind of like like recapture their territory it was wonderful <laughs> um but then again i never did get covid i never mm. did suffer although i did get a job at a senior's home oh really i didn't know that what were you doing i, I felt so i i just that 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 uh, something kicked in in me i need to help and so many people probably felt the same way yeah, i need to help for sure. and when the stories of the deaths in the uh, seniors homes and the uh, assisted living in the retirement homes i was absolutely horrified mm. horrified number one because i am a shareholder in some of these companies mm. the guilt yeah. kicked me you know, just, just like devastated me. I thought I can't sit back. I can't let this happen. So um, I was looking online, jobs, anything, how can I help? And there was a seniors um, um, uh, residence in my neighborhood looking for somebody to be a recreational assistant. And I thought, okay, never worked in a senior's home, recreational assistant. I like to recreate. <laughs> I, I like to joke and play around. So yeah, I'll go get the interview. Uh, the minute I got home, I was offered the job and I took it. And this was during COVID. And there were 36 cases of COVID in the retirement home. Eight people had died. Mm. Was I scared? Yes. Yeah. I had the material out to write my will, which I still haven't. Mm. But anyway, it was uh, the thought was there. Okay, I've got to write the will out. Like I don't know what's going to mm -hmm. happen, but I thought I I need to step up. Um, it was one of the most satisfying times of my life. I met some incredible seniors like Aww. people in their 80s and 90s and they were locked in their rooms like they were, it was rough right so i did all this programming online mm -hmm. and 
So it was, it was, you know, I'd come up with programming like, oh, let's explore Italy or let's, uh, and then, then I would get writers in too, to, um, you know, to, uh, to, to speak with the residents and, and then, and then I'd go floor to floor to do physio with them. Mm-hmm. Have I ever done physio before? No, I'm fit. <laughs> I'm fit, but I have no license to do physio. Thank God for YouTube and the channels. <laughs> So, you know, I'd go floor to floor and do physio. And um, and then, you know, the pandemic, when things started to open, it became easier with, you know, the in-person programming. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know how I got on this topic exactly. You're asking me how I, I asked you. How, I asked you about I, the pandemic. Yes. Yeah. yeah, how I coped with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. That is how I coped. I stepped up because if I didn't, it was romantic at first to have mm-hmm. the quiet in the neighborhood. Yeah. But when you're trapped in an apartment with a partner mm-hmm. who has just lost his uh, his beloved uh, woodworking shop mm. and the business shut down, yeah. one of you has to get out of the house. So it was yeah. me. And uh, yeah, so so uh, I just felt the call. I This is cornball. It's going to sound cornball, but I... I felt like I had to step up for my my country and mm. for uh, the citizens of this country because these seniors they they help they built this country they help build our society that's the least uh, we owe them is our attention and our respect. Well, you know, kudos to you, my friend, because we're you know in hindsight we're saying yeah that was an amazing thing to do, but no, really it was an amazing thing to do because we didn't know at the time. Yeah, All know. we saw were 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 the scary death tolls. Yep. We didn't have the the vaccine yet. We didn't yep. have boosters yet. So the fact that you walked into something, uh, knowing at that point what the consequences were. Uh, I give you a tremendous amount of, uh, of, of, of kudos for that because that is, is brilliant. And, you know, the, the thing you were saying, I know we're, we're, you said, oh, you know, bring back stage one and we're, but what it did, what brought, what COVID did, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, the moments of people performing, singing on the porch or neighbors just standing outside, talking to each other banging our pots and pans to thank our healthcare workers. There were so many small moments that were, uh, that, that, that can't be duplicated. You yeah, know, it was extraordinary moments of, uh, you know, togetherness and humanity. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what, this is what, this is what we really are deep yeah. down inside. When you strip away all the modern conveniences and all our distractions, mm-hmm. you know, so again, you used creativity, you used comedy to, uh, during the pandemic. You yes, used- I did. Sorry to interrupt, but I also ran like a comedy series at the seniors home. No, tell me yeah. about, tell me yeah. about that. I did like a history of comedy. I thought, okay, this is a captive audience. <laughs> this is a dream. So I started with, you know, Charlie Chaplin and I dissect his uh, work and move on to like, you know, Jerry Lewis, because that was their era. And sure. Then, you know, just continuing. And, and so that was great fun. You know, and they a lot of them like the British humor. So oh. uh, Mike Milligan bring out his <laughs> stuff and I, we just sit there and howl, you know, oh, and that's nobody, excellent. nobody had ever thought of that. So, oh, yeah. and, so here's and, the thing, Carolyn, not to interrupt you, but I'm going to interrupt you because I think this is important. Why haven't these homes, somebody, you, 
should be putting together a program like this for for good it shouldn't just be during pandemics like yeah. i mean you were a breath of fresh air i'm sure to most of these people like you said who were confined to their rooms yeah. so is there any more discussion about turning this into a you know a, a full-time or or longer term project um i did write an article for the toronto star about the experience mm -hmm. uh, that was in 2020 so that was my first stab at uh, freelancing for them Mm -hmm. And that was about, um, uh, you know, an artist, artists really should consider, um, uh, you know, partnering with seniors homes, uh, you know, not for profits, the yeah. change, whatever, yeah. and having like artists in residence yeah. at, at some of these, uh, you know, at some of these seniors homes. I got a call from the Writers Union of Canada, somebody from one of the chains, one of the, the retirement chains contacted me because they saw my bio in the writer's union and said, yeah, we do have guest speakers coming in. These places have budgets, right? Mm -hmm. They have guest speakers coming in and they wanted me to come in and talk about humor and, and talk about, uh, you know, my career. Yeah. And that was right before the pandemic. I said, sure, mm -hmm. you know, I was expecting this gig and then everything shut down. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. as far as this programming, I know there's a uh, one organization in Ottawa, uh, I think I think they're uh, practical nurses or registered nurses who are trying to get something off the ground where uh, artists, visual artists, uh, you know, comedians, writers, whatever, go into retirement homes and set up programming. Because we got to remember, like, when you go into a retirement home or assisted living, some people have some uh, some memory um, uh issues or yeah. you know, um, some cognitive issues sure but not everybody does right so you, have, you have seniors in their 80s or 90s who are physically uh, challenged but mentally are as sharp as anybody mm -hmm. there is a gentleman at the place i worked at 99 years old i would have such great conversations with him wow. you know was in in the second world war and he turned a hundred i i said I said, Douglas, don't die on me. I want to see you turn a hundred. Come Aww. on, let's, let's do some laps around the block here. Come on, like, like <laughs> keep, keep it up here. And, and he turned a hundred, and I learned so much from them. So, it, and and what I said to them was, this is not just me coming in and you know offering you guys everything. I get something back. Yeah. So that's how we have to approach things, like especially in in healthcare and mm -hmm. and um, seniors care, is that we get something back as practitioners yeah you know so that way people feel valued mm -hmm. people's lives have huge meaning right yes when, so when we listen to each other and respect each other and admire and love what their stories from the past it makes everybody feel good it it, it brings us closer as as people and as a society well, it also, you know, the big, the, one of the big things about having a fulfilling life is purpose. And yeah. too many times we just, we just, you know, glaze over what we've done in our lives. And, you know, it's only when you sit down and someone says to you, 
Can you please tell your story? Well, we just yeah. listen to them. They go, wait a second. I have done a lot, right? Yeah. Especially for these seniors. Oh my goodness. Talk about a lot. And you're absolutely right. The power of humor. You know, there are, um, you know, I've, I've done my presentation a couple of times for, well, many times in the beginning for these, uh, right. for these good people. And they're just such a captive, wonderful audience. And I'm telling you, they did not miss a beat. You know, I'm mm -hmm. telling jokes, uh, you know, I'm, uh, you know, talking about uh, relieving stress with humor mm -hmm. and they're right on it. Sometimes they're so comfortable, they're even heckling. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you, do, you do not, you cannot have a retort for a senior that's heckling you in the front row. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm going to let you take all your shots. Go ahead. Go <laughs> but ahead. it is, it is extremely fulfilling, but at the same time too, um, it, it, it's, it's so important. It's a way of, of giving back and it's a way of helping people who have not, um, have not done it in the past, sort of just reflect on their purpose. That's, um, oh, that's, sort of, that's one other thing I did. So during the lockdown, when they were isolated in the rooms, I thought I'm going to interview people here. Mm. So I would go, I wrote about 25 stories, like 25 uh, biographies. I would go in, I would record them telling, telling their stories. I, you know, prompt them with questions and then I'd write their story, you know, word count 800 or whatever, just mm -hmm. condense it. And then it would be in the newsletter. So the newsletter we would distribute to their rooms. Oh. So they got to know each other through the, the newsletter and through the, the story. And uh, it was it, it's a great, great project, you know, getting these stories on on paper and whether whether it's for their family or friends, because I said, if any of you have kids or grandkids, they they want this. Yes. Yeah. Carolyn, good for you. You know, you are doing what you were supposed to do in life. I mean, you're using your writing and your comedy. You probably have not, uh, I bet you haven't sat back and thought how many people you've affected in such a positive way. You know, now this is where I'd like to use, uh, this is a bit of a launching pad for your next big project because I don't want people to miss this. So you also have written some un incredible plays uh you have a play that's coming up at uh, the alumni theater here in toronto uh please give us the 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 dates please give us the contacts but just tell us what this is all about it's called cancel culture so what is cancel culture cancel culture new ideas festival at the alumni theater is a, a juried festival um because it was off for a couple years they, they've come back they they have a bit of government money so they're running things differently there's only four plays this year i was lucky to get chosen but my play is very short it's 12 minutes um because i wrote it for like a 10 minute uh, play festival very very brief short um cancel culture about about social issues actually and uh how artificial intelligence will come and rescue us all. So it's a comedy, you know, <laughs> it's satirical, it's a comedy, but it also has a bit of a point, which which my work tends to do. Um, so that's at Alumni Theater in Toronto, uh, New Ideas Festival. It's only there for a week. It's just a small little project. So that's from June 8th to the 12th, I think. Okay. Um, and I'm working on a collection of short stories right now um like like you mentioned uh 
I had one in the quarantine review. There's something that came out of the pandemic, a wonderful uh, literary magazine called Quarantine Review. Dundurn Press is behind it. And uh, it'd Be My Zero Sum is mm -hmm. the story. It's a bit of a love story during COVID times. And then I'm having a short story called Moral Support Desk in uh, Canadian Notes and Queries. Um, it's a literary publication that's been around since the 70s. So that's great. And then more, more Toronto Star articles. I actually, after this, I got to get working on one uh, about gardening and knowing... <laughs> zero about it at this new house of mine like there i'm looking out at this horrific piece of <laughs> property i have and i don't know what to do with it so that i will be doing and being in my new home in brockville ontario i will be um trying to move and shake this town as far as arts and culture meeting with people trying to bring comedy here but yeah, there's a beautiful theater there in Brockville. I want you to be the comedy contact in Brockville because uh, I've done comedy in that in that theater. It is a, another fantastic venue. Yes, Judy, you you're you're like the, the first person I thought of. I thought, okay, bring Judy Croon, Judy Croon, perfect. Aww. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, because you're 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 really funny, and you're you know. <laughs> just sensible you're not you're just like <laughs> it's the old school kind of like right you know, ellen degeneres at her best and bob newhart just the, <laughs> the wry the wry observation my favorite kind of humor <laughs> mine too and yeah, I obviously would, yeah yes i would look yeah. forward to working with you on i would love to see your set just sit there in the back of the room and watch you do your <laughs> thing right that's the best i think nobody gets more pleasure out of these comedy shows i think than the comics that are sitting in the back of the room comics that you love and appreciate watching their sets you haven't seen them in a while you're like yeah. and you're, you know crying um and then, and then we and then some of us you know we know the other person's material so well we just start you know mouthing along with it <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh do this bit please it's my uh, Carolyn Bennett, I love what you have done with your life. Your your accolades uh, from this hour has 22 minutes. Uh, CBC Comics, your book, uh, Please Stand By, your plays, including this uh, new play coming up called Cancel Culture. You can go to the Alumni Theater website for that. Uh, the memoirs, if you're interested in maybe putting your memoir together in the future, there's a fantastic idea. So, Carolyn, I want you to give your uh, coordinates how folks can reach you. Uh, right. Um, Carolyn Bennett, writercomic.com. And I know that's very uh, cumbersome, but there's another Carolyn Bennett out there who is getting uh, way more press than me. And uh, so I had to <laughs> distinguish myself. It's such a common name. I had to, I was doing some volunteer work where I had to get the police check, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I go, I get it. And they're saying, oh, no, now you got to go to the RCMP and give your fingerprints. And why? You know, like, what have I done? And there's some <laughs> other nefarious Carolyn Bennett out there who uh, is, uh, is, 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 is naughty. 
So, <laughs> so I had to do that. So there's many of us out there. And okay, uh, so, so I will I'm, include I'm gonna, the I will include the link. You said it's Carolyn Bennett Comic Writer dot com, correct? Writer writercomic dot com. Writercomic dot com. I think, Carolyn... I, think, I think I have a Facebook page. I'm miserable when it comes to social media. I'm not I'm not really on social. I'm not on social. Media. I know you're incredibly successful for someone who doesn't use social media. <laughs> I, I know. I, I got it. If I did use it, I'd probably have more gigs. But I, I yeah, I don't know. Carolyn Bennett, thank you, my friend, so much. It has been, uh, oh, it's been wonderful catching up with you. This this podcast gave me an excuse. Uh, fellow comedian, friend, writer, uh, also who writes for the Toronto Star, Denny Grignaw, had yes. said, you know what? I just spoke to Carolyn uh, on my show. I'd love if you interviewed her because she's just, and I'm like, Carolyn Bennett, I, I can't tell you how many times I've thought of you, but especially every time I drive by her. And there's another website, folks, Haroot.ca. We talked about the power of comedy, one of the best monthly comedy rooms going. So um, yeah, thanks, my friend. It was super fun. Absolutely. And I hope to see you in Brockville soon and in Toronto. Yep. It, it's been a pleasure. All right. So uh, Carolyn Bennett, yes, you uh, you heard the website. I will definitely include the link. And listen, if you'd like to catch up on any of my other Laugh Long and Prosper episodes, you can check me out on many of the streaming sources. Or if you'd like to sign up for my newsletter, go to judycroon.com. Until next time, folks, laugh long and prosper. <laughs>